nobody wants to sacrifice their health or their enjoyment or the lunch break. You know, if that's if that's the one break you get in the day, you know, that should be an awesome, fun hour and you should enjoy it. And I think you're going to have a better afternoon if you do. Hey there, it's Christian, and you're listening to a special Better Product series. Today is the Power to the People Ops series finale, and we've got a treat for you. We're checking in with Mel Scotchdepaul, the co-founder of Parkday. Parkday is a platform building the future of food service by connecting busy workplaces with local restaurants, and in turn, employees get delicious, personalized meals. Megan and I met Mel last year through our work at Innovate Map, and through him, we've learned a lot about how much food can influence the workplace. Here at Innovate Map, we started using food ourselves to just get people inspired to even come to the office. And as companies return to the office throughout the country, Parkday is empowering office managers and people ops leaders with insights on the food their teams like. That means they don't miss a beat when it comes to knowing things like food preferences and allergies. We can all relate to a great lunch, but let's hear Mel explain just how deeply food can impact well-being within our teams. Hey everyone, it's Megan. I'm here with Mel Scotchdepole from Park Day, and I will let him introduce a little bit about himself. Hey Megan, thanks for having Park Day on, having myself on. Uh, yeah, I'm the co-founder of Park Day. Uh, we are building data-driven food programs for individuals and companies based here in New York City. Um, really excited about the return to work and being in the people ops workspace. Um, yeah, and excited about this conversation. Yeah, glad you can make it. Mel and I actually worked together uh, through Innovate Map. So Park Day was one of our clients. And um, I know a little bit about what Park Day does or a lot about what Park Day does because of that. But I'd love if you could give our listeners kind of an overview of Park Day. Totally. So our product is, is a mobile app. And so what really got us into this was both my co-founder and I come from different eating backgrounds per se. I've been a vegan for some time. He's strict keto. What we realized was to follow these specific eating styles, it was tough. Whether you were going to the grocery, trying to figure out your grocery list, getting on DoorDash or Seamless and trying to scroll through endless options and actually get the food that suits us. And we just felt like, you know, in our busy lives, it was a huge productivity waste. And so we came together um, and realized that you know, food service and its eaters need predictive capabilities. Um, and so we've built a product today that is a mobile app and a web dashboard and uh, is, is trying to better understand the modern eating generation um, and be able to produce that food and automate that for them in a ready to eat meal format. And I'm super excited about this because I agree that figuring out what to eat and also cooking is just a huge chunk of time out of anyone's day. And I'm always trying to find ways to make that go faster. <laughs> I feel like predicting what exactly I might be needing to buy or eat would be a great way to do that. Totally. So how did you first get involved in product? What experiences did you have before um, that maybe most support you in your current role today? Yeah, so my background has actually been in, in workplace food specifically. I originally came out to New York for fashion, but got involved with like an organic food company. We were delivering farm to office food uh, throughout the city. And, and we grew that company over the, the previous four years ahead of the pandemic, the pandemic hit. And 
as everyone knows, the workplace world got turned on its head. And, and with that, um, you know, anybody in the perk or vendor world surrounding that uh, kind of shut down. So we were lucky enough to sell that company, um, spend some time with our acquirer, which is Hungry a Series C out of DC. But with that, still wanted to branch out on my own. Still felt like there was a gap in the market, especially in contract food service. And, you know, as the return to work begins, leaders are going to be trying to bring their teams back into the office and, and to engage them in new and fun ways. And, and food is kind of something that's always always on the table. That's always going to be important to getting people to collaborate and, and enjoy themselves and, and meet people from new departments. So I ended up meeting up with my co-founder, Mike. You know, his background I can give you briefly is, you know, he was building a mobile app. His background specifically is in products. And, you know, he was building it for his own use case. He was keto and, and didn't want to do those things that we were talking about before. And we realized as we came together that the group setting or, or the workplace setting might actually be the better use case as opposed to the individual use case. Because when you get a large group of people together, you imagine some of these offices being 500 people trying to map out and understand every single dietary style and eating preference, you know, as specific as, you know, this amount of people like cilantro and this, this amount of people do not, um, is a really hard problem to solve. Yeah, and something our listeners may not realize is how much food at work is becoming a perk these days. Like I know it's definitely, it's been a thing at these bigger companies, you know, the Facebook, Googles for a while, but maybe not so much at startups yet. Definitely, definitely, yeah. Everyone knows about the Google cafeteria and, you know, in, in the early days and in some of our conversations, we always like to say, you know, that's what we're bringing to the, the SMBs, the small and medium-sized businesses that don't have the budget or the real estate to have the Google cafeteria, we can still provide that super high quality food in a convenient setting. So, you know, we just being in this in this space for the last six years, it's grown tremendously and it's almost become table stakes in a market like New York or, or San Francisco. Um, but we're seeing a ton of growth even across, you know, Austin or any of these emerging tech hubs as tech hubs move and become more scattered across the country and the world. Um, you know, these tech workers are still coming from, you know, the Bay Area or New York. And so they expect these perks to be there. And, and as we know today, you know, there's so much power in the labor market that we, we think employees are going to be able to demand these things going forward for the next five to 10 years until something makes a shift. So, um, yeah, we're excited about it. We believe in the value of it, um, knowing what a healthy meal can do for somebody in the middle of their day and not having to think about um, how to get it or what it's going to look like. And so we, we save a ton of time for our people ops people, but we also make people healthier and, and make, make them enjoy their day that much more. So is your primary buyer or your stakeholder then at these tech companies? Is it a people ops person? It's a great question. Um, and if you look at contract food service, traditionally it's always been a workplace director, facilities manager. There's of course approval from executive leadership. But what we're trying to do that's a little bit different in the space is really leaning into personalized nutrition and trying to get away from, from perhaps these enterprise contracts with workplace leaders, but instead to work from the ground up and to find the employees that, that value this personalized meal um, that you know have spent the last two years at home getting to cook for themselves and say that they're healthier and more productive than they've ever been, want to come back to the office, want to see their teammates and have that collaboration but nobody wants to sacrifice their health or their enjoyment or the lunch break. You know, if that's if that's the one break you get in the day, you know, that should be an awesome, fun hour and you should enjoy it. And I think you're going to have a better afternoon if you do. So 
you know, as opposed to marketing and, and, and selling to these workplace directors, we think it's a big win to go out and find the individuals, the high performers in New York City, the benefits of the time saved and the personalized meal, and to have them take that to their workplace directors. Again, it's just, it's just drawing back again to the power that the employee has today in this labor market and more so trying to get them to be our decision maker. Yeah, and it sounds very similar to the strategy Slack had when they grew within these larger companies where they got in on the ground floor with the people who were power users and then sold up product-led growth, essentially. Exactly, yeah, it's PLG all day. Um, and so that's what we're really <laughs> excited about. And, and that kind of have this mobile optimization that's been absent from the industry for a long time um, to bring that into the workplace is, is something we're really excited about. Yeah. And one thing you really resonated with me too is that you just said was um, the piece about health and nutrition and balancing that with socialization. I remember when I was based in our indie office, a few of us went out for what we called lazy lunch club because we just, we wanted to get out and, you know, have lunch with each other and we didn't want to make it. And, you know, that's yeah. not the healthiest thing in the whole world. So it sounds like there's definitely a need here, especially with the return to office. Yeah, exactly. One, I, I love Lazy Lunch Club. We might steal that from you. Um, <laughs> but the other, it, you know, traditionally, yeah, you think of like office food. It it can be seen as a perk, but in a lot of cases, it probably isn't because it might always be pizza or it might just be the salad right. down the street that you get anyways. Um, and so trying to make food more exciting, more personalized. You know, they say 85% of people are, are looking to eat healthier or follow some type of specific diet. And and those statistics get even more dramatic the younger the generations become. And so, you know, with all the modern health data and biometric data that's coming out today, um, we, we just see that that's a trend that's going to continue to grow. And and there's there's got to be an answer for it in contract food service because the, the longstanding catering buffets and those types of things aren't as attractive anymore. There just needs to be a modern solution to, to answer these personalized nutrition needs. Yeah. And personalized makes so much sense to me. Like you mentioned, it's the restrictions and it's the preferences combined. What do you do to make food more exciting? So what we're doing, we're lucky enough to be based here in, in New York City and it's a global food hub. You've got every cuisine at your fingertips. So we have a huge list of vendors that we can work with to, to bring in this exciting food. But one thing we really learned in some of our user early user interviews is, you know, as, as good as maybe a, a dig-in or a sweet green salad is, it's nothing different from what you can get at home. And so what we're doing instead is we're targeting evening dining restaurants, weekend brunch restaurants, folks that don't necessarily activate or open their kitchen during the day. And so what they're doing for Park Day is they're creating these exclusive meals, you know, using these high-quality farm-to-table ingredients and creating new lunches. We can give them, a, a, you know, a huge graph of exactly what the eating population looks like. We can give them every dietary restriction and allergy, and then they can take that, they can run with it, and then they produce yeah, a unique exclusive meal specific for the Park Day community. So that's a benefit of signing up with us. We feel like in today's world, perks are getting a tough rep, and it, unless it's truly a unique and exciting perk, it's probably gonna be ignored uh, by the population. And so what we're, what we're loving to see is is that these workplace directors also understand that and they're looking for something new and unique as the return to work begins. Yeah, that definitely sounds pretty sweet. My next question was going to be how exactly does Park Day work, but you kind of touched on it. Could you instead walk us through what users will experience when they use the tool to order lunch in the workplace? Definitely. So we've got a mobile app. 
It's kind of our hero product. Essentially, you onboard. We ask a lot of engaging questions. We've worked with Innovate Map to have this awesome UX and UI to keep folks excited about this new food app. Um, and so they'll come into the app. They'll do high-level stuff like dietary tags, restrictions, allergies. But then we have a food swiping feature. So kind of the Tinder for food, many of our clients have claimed it as. Um, and so these could be individual ingredients, flavors, cuisines, meals. And what that's doing is our data analytics team is in the background collecting a vast amount of data. And then we're, you know, we're leveraging that against a huge map of other data that we've collected through all of our contract food service clients and, and really creating a flavor profile for every unique user that comes through our app. So what we've discovered is there's 77 unique eater communities that we've actually figured out. And this is based on, um, specific diets, allergies, but also a lot of lifestyle information. And so from that, then we get into more granular eater profile information. And it's, it's pretty immense, the amount of data and how different people eat, um, especially in a market like New York, that's so culturally diverse and things like that. So as soon as that happens, you have your eater profile, as opposed to getting into a DoorDash, a seamless and Uber Eats, where you're going to look at a thousand different restaurants with all their different menu items and all their different add-ons, we curate these select meals that you're only going to see if they match your preference set, if they match your eater profile. So if you're a spicy vegetarian, let's say, you're probably going to see a lot of curries and food from Thai restaurants and probably vegetarian tacos, but we're not going to show you, um, let's say a, a bland steak sandwich, for instance, that that's a very basic example there, but um, the idea is that we don't want to waste people's time. We only want to show them the food that feeds their eater profile. And we want to encourage them to continue to update that all the time so that we can really start to understand them. And, and this can eventually become a tool that we think can branch out and, you know, be involved with everybody when they go to the grocery or they order their meal kits online for them to have this park day tool that, that deeply understands them as an eater, um, and being able to produce that food automatically for them. Yeah. You know what fun. you all should No, You could. You know what you all should do? I was going to ask if you had names for these different uh, profiles, like flavor profiles or preference, I guess flavor profile is not the right word. You should start creating merch for every single one of those. Like I bet somebody's just dying to wear a t-shirt that says spicy vegetarian. Totally. That's a great idea. And we had a lot of fun coming up with this stuff and (laughs) we're going to get some feedback on it to see if it all makes sense. But, you know, we've got the adventurous vegan or the global carnivore, all these, yeah, unique things. That's a great idea. People love personality quizzes. You know, they love getting told like what buckets they fit into, who they are, and especially something like that. That could be so cool. Yeah. Yeah. We've had great adoption. I mean, almost anybody that that gets into the app finishes the entire onboarding and and gives us some some extra feedback on on what they think about it. And and that's going to be our big challenge over the next year is actually dialing that in and, and being able to determine the correct eater profile for for the data that they give us. That's awesome. Well, cool. So getting back a little bit to this connection, I guess, between Park Day and People Ops. When you set out to create Park Day, were you expecting to position it as a People Ops product? Was People Ops even a, a thing then? And if not, when did that connection emerge most clearly for you? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. You know, we, we certainly focus on, on the individual and the personalized nutrition behind it. But then we were thinking about, you know, who are, who are the people that, that that's our ideal customer profile. And that's generally, you know, a high performer, somebody that's super busy, that doesn't have the time, but really 
values being at their 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 highest level. And so then that kind of brought us to the workplace. And then before we knew it, you know, people apps was this emerging industry or department and being able to work with them has been amazing. And so, you know, they're, they're so obsessed with making everyone happy. And at the same time, you know, their, their, their duty to management and to leadership is to keep everyone productive um, and to be able to continue to build performance and do those types of things and, and design that environment for people to, to be at their best. Yeah, that's great. It, and it also sounds like there may be a bit of a rant we could go on here when it comes to people ops and HR. And I know you said perks in general. So when the topic of people ops comes up, it always raises the questions about uh, labor market and perks and total compensation and balancing you know, employee productivity with giving employees a break every once in a while. So what is your, this is a big question, but what is your stance on people ops as an emerging role, as an emerging uh, task? Yeah, I, you know, I think, I think it's pretty clear today that, that workers have so much power and that they're demanding a, a better work-life balance or just a better environment to, to grow and learn. And, you know, people ops are the folks that have stepped in that, that have kind of gotten away from HR. When I first got into this industry, I was dealing with a few human resources professionals um, but they've mostly gone away. And kind of when I think of HR, it's like, it's almost like you're in trouble if you're talking to HR. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it seems like a lot of like spreadsheets and surveys and, and measuring things, but it's generally with a negative connotation. But then you've got people ops and, and they're the folks that are supposed to bring the fun to the table. And that's, and that's, that's how they're, uh, you know, measured in their job is, is how much fun that they're bringing and how, you know, the great reviews that they're getting from their team and, and growing the recruiting population. And I think people ops is obviously here to stay and, and just being in this field and, and having quite a few colleagues, I've been able to see this, this whole great resignation that's happening and, and the demand that these top startups for, for the best people ops professionals in the city. And they are making a ton of money and getting recruited at an extremely high level. At the same time, it's going to be tough to be in people ops right now because there's so much uncertainty in the world and the working environment. Um, but they're in just such high demand. And I, I don't think that's going away by any means. I, I think the, the average employee is going to demand more and more in their working life. And, and there's, there's got to be a department that can handle those requests and, and do those types of things. I'll, I'll pause there. But, you know, if we want to get into perks as well, I'm sure I've got some some thoughts on that, too. And I'd love to hear what you think about perks as well, Megan. I yeah, I know. <laughs> I would love to hear what you think, too. Um, perks sounds small to me. You need to do much more than perks to attract and retain top talent. And that's why it's started getting referred to as total compensation. Mm-hmm. But then you you know, you could hear people being like, oh, like millennials, you know, they think they deserve the world. They think their their work should give all of this to them. And I there is still a line there, I think, between um treating talent like top talent and people feeling entitled for compensation they may not deserve. And I think that's where, you know, perks across the board are probably not the way to solve this. But I'd I love agree. to know what you're thinking. Yeah, I agree. And at the end of the day, the value that is held with your manager or your mentor or your coach is huge. And and we've got a mentor of our own that that says I think it's like 82% of an employee experience is purely determined by their managerial relationship. 
I believe that entirely. And, and it's got to be good people within an organization to make that a positive experience. That's not mm -hmm. going anywhere. But in a growing organization, we're looking to recruit and retain at an extremely high level. You know, being able to listen and, and personalize perks, I guess, to the lifestyle of each individual. I think that's what we're going to see a lot in this workplace model is, and you are seeing that from a lot of companies and a lot of startups out there is, you know, it's not a one size fits all solution. You can't just bring pizza into the lunchroom on Friday and expect everyone to say this is the best company in the world. Um, right. But you can offer some things that people really value. And especially if it's saving them time, that's a win-win. It keeps them happy because they're saving time, keeps you happy because your team is being more productive. So Perks does get a, I almost don't even use that word anymore because you're ignoring these larger um, issues or, or, or things that happen in the workplace. And and that's tough. Um, do you yeah, feel and, you, that? and you can't afford to be doing it in a time when the individual has so much power. Right, exactly. Um, so that's what we're saying. You know, we, we've got quite a few clients that are totally overhauling their perks or their benefits packages. And and I'd be interested to ask you, Megan, you know, if you could pick, let's say, three or four perks or benefits, you know, what do you value um, where you stand in your own life? And again, I, I know there's so much variance depending on, you know, whether you've got a family or, you know, whether you live in New York or you live in Indiana, I think, I think that's always going to change everything, but curious what you think your top perks would be. Yeah. So I live in New York, so I wouldn't, anything that's like, um, mileage or gas or anything like that is not going to be top of my list, mm -hmm. yeah. even with gas prices today. Cause I just, I walk everywhere. I did mention that food is more of a hassle for me than it is something that I enjoy. You know, I, I view food as fuel. So I would actually love something like Park Day because I want to eat healthier and I want to be eating good food. I just don't always have the time. Like I sometimes have to get DoorDash delivered to the office because I'm in back-to-back -back meetings. I don't even have the time to go across the street to Sweetgreen. Um, so that, I think, and also the social aspect I mentioned that I really liked about lunch when I get the chance to go to lunch. Uh, would be great. Another thing that I would probably value is something health related outside of what is sport of oh health insurance. Um, well, like a stipend, yeah, wellness stipend, like for a workout class or something like that. I pay a lot of money for Solid Core. It'd be great if some of that you know could be rebated. I guess um, those are probably like some of my top ones that come to mind. But I also feel like because I'm not in the space, I don't even know how many options and, and types of perks, for lack of a better word, are out there. Yeah. Yeah, those are, are all on par kind of with what I'm hearing in the market. And shout out to uh, Christian. Maybe, maybe he can get you a solid core uh, reimbursement there. I'll message but him I, after this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I've been talking, yeah, talking to a, to a bunch of these leaders and what I'm hearing a lot of out, outside of healthcare and, and 401k and those types of things is PTO travel is, is oh, yeah. more people than ever before. And I think a lot of people take that for granted. There's so much unlimited PTO out there. I know that's what we do at Park Day. Um, we do that as well. I, did, I didn't even think about that. I was like, oh, yeah, unlimited PTO for sure. <laughs> totally. Leans into the flexibility and, and people being able to take off when they need to take off or travel or go take that vacation when they feel like they're burnt out. And I think that's going to be here to stay. Um, wellness stipends definitely here to stay. I think if someone joins a company, they want to feel like they're, they're improving their lives. They're taking a step up. And a lot of people attribute that to their physical and mental health today. And so 
um, being able to have those stipends and just that that slight bit of encouragement to take care of yourself, um, I think is a great sign for a company to put that forward. And then, of course, these are the clients that I'm talking to, but then lunch, yeah. then, then food comes into the picture. Um, more so leaning into fresh food these days than snacks. You know, if people are going to be spending less time in the office, they want to use that food to get people from different departments to meet up and talk and chat and get kind of that buzz that that was in the office pre-pandemic and, and really got these startups humming in New York. Generally, you know, as a 30-year-old in New York, that, that aligns with what I think I would want. But I'm obviously, there's just so much variance. And, and you will see a lot of these startups that are kind of using a like a points system. So you might get 200 points a month to use on a variety of different benefits or perks and allow them to make oh, that choice. And so, yeah, we've got a, you know, there's a couple cool companies here in the city that are doing that. And, you know, food can be one of those things that can allow them to get a park day meal or get a meal kit at home or whatever it might be. I love what you said about the wellness stipend, whether it's mental health or physical health and people feeling like by taking a new job, they're bettering themselves. You know, they're doing better for their careers and for their families, for themselves. And I, that's the first time I've ever heard that uh, perspective on it. And I think it's really smart. You know, it's not just giving them something to do outside of work. It's not even just giving them this outlet or protecting their mental health and their physical health so that they come back to work for us every day and they're extra productive. It's actually helping them feel better about themselves and associate them feeling better with your company. And that's almost like a talent acquisition strategy, you know, like they're, the longer they feel better about themselves working for your company, the longer they're going to stay. Absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, on the weekend or whenever it may be that you have the time to reflect and think about your job and your work week, you know, a lot of that just aligns with your general sense of well-being as, as an individual. And that's something that we track at Park Day is like, we've got our, our weekly KPIs, but one of those is always going to be what you, what's your focus for personal growth this week? Because we want our team to feel like, yeah, they're becoming a stronger, better person every single day or every single week. And it's easy to get lost in, in a busy, stressful week and, and not to think about yourself. But, you know, if a company can make that nudge to say, you know, we believe that your own personal growth is what's going to fuel yourself, which will in turn fuel this company. It's a it's a collection of individuals um, that are working to get better. That's ultimately going to prove out to be an awesome company. Yeah, I love that perspective. Awesome. OK, so we've covered a lot of ground so far. I have a couple more questions for you. To summarize the last few minutes that we've been talking, I want to contextualize Park Day in this broader HR to people ops shift. And I'm wondering how Park Day can be considered to be a people ops product. So how do you think food is connecting to improving employee engagement and productivity and attitudes in the workplace and supporting a return to office? Yeah, great question. And I think it's twofold. So you know, when we're looking at our people ops leaders and the folks that we engage with every day and, and get approval from, um, our big thing for them is is we want to create a hands-off program because there are generally more important things for them to be doing than figuring out what time the food is going to show up, making sure that every ingredient in the menu matches their community of eaters or whatever that may be. And the, it's this idea that HR and people ops are going to get busier and busier and busier. Um, and, and they're responsible for being those busy bees. You know, they have to answer every request with a smile and, and to go around doing all kinds of stuff. And I think everybody at any organization that has that office manager, that uh, facilities manager knows 
the effort that those people put in day after day to just keep people happy. And so the last thing we want that to be is them trying to get on the phone and figure out where the food is in the middle of the day or look for that individual order that didn't show up on time or got replaced with a cheeseburger for a vegetarian. It can be very time intensive, especially when you're doing it on a week to week basis. And so our whole thing is, you know, we're going to deeply understand each individual eater. We're going to get them on the mobile app. We're going to communicate with your employees directly. We're going to take out that communication gap because that's what we've seen in the workplace or in, in food at work specifically is, you know, an employee is upset. They tell the office manager who then tells the workplace director that then talks to the vendor who then talks to the restaurant and it has to go all the way back. And so by building this mobile product and being able to communicate directly with our eaters, we think it's just a win-win for everyone because there's just a direct line of communication. We're hopeful that we're really going to use machine learning to be able to build these predictive capabilities to, you know, be a step ahead of that, to know um, when something isn't right um, or to know that this is the perfect cuisine, the feature for this team based on their company values and their company holidays and those types of things. And then from an eater perspective, I think it just comes back to kind of the idea that people want to feel heard and, you know, the ultimate way of showing compassion or care or empathy for an individual most often can, can be attributed to the way they like to eat And you know, for somebody to say, um, you know, I'm, I'm battling diabetes, or I recently just found out that I need to start eating in this way, or I had this type of allergy. And for them to be able to tell the office manager or, or to go into the Park Day app as part of their workplace perk package and be able to communicate that, for us to hear that just shows that you care about each individual. Um, and so that's, that's where we really feel like we can drive engagement. One other very interesting thing that we're finding out is Food is such a motivator, and a lot of these workplace teams are responsible for sending out surveys week after week to measure employee engagement, to figure out what's going well and what's not going well. They generally can get anywhere from, let's say, 20 to 40% engagement on those surveys, depending on how often they send them out. When we you know, send a, a push notification or whatever it may be through the Park Day app or the Park Day platform, when it comes to food and when you're determining what you're going to eat on a Monday and Tuesday, our engagement rates are generally around like 75 to 90% of the team will respond, reserve their meal hours in advance. And so it just shows that, yeah, food is the ultimate motivator. Yeah, that's a pretty crazy and compelling statistic. Yeah. Also. I mean, surveys are terrible. I mean, the last thing I want to do if I'm busy in a stressful day is to answer some random survey on, on what I'm doing. But again, it just kind of comes back to, you know, that's been ingrained in us since we were kids. It was like, you go to school all day, you get lunch, that's your break, and then you get recess. It's this it's this gap in the day where it's about you, it's about your friends, it's about um, right. just taking a break. And so being able to have a voice in that is generally more exciting to talk about than, than a bland survey about general engagement data. Yeah, every time I get a survey, it sits in my tabs for like at least six days. Because yeah. <laughs> then I, I skim the questions. I'm like, oh, it's going to take me more than five minutes. I can't do this right now. And exactly. then, yeah. and that's so discouraging yeah. to the people teams. They're like, what can I do to get them to say something? And they, you know, today they generally have to offer something else. And so, you right. know, sometimes we use cookies and desserts and things like that too to boost our own engagement. But that's besides the point. Yeah, I did go to a conference recently where one of the booths had Levain cookies. And mm -hmm. after, there was no dessert really after lunch or it like wasn't 
chocolate dessert. It was all like fruit dessert, you know, yeah. and that's not really what I'm looking for after lunch. And so I saw the Levain cookies. I'm like, God, I guess I have to go talk to this booth yeah. now because I really want <laughs> one of those. <laughs> yeah, those cookies are good. Those cookies are super good. Yeah. So to close us out, I'd love to know where you're seeing Park Day heading in the future. What's next for you all? What are some trends you're seeing? Where's the product going? What are some of your top goals for the next few months? Yeah, you know, we're really excited about being able to target the individual consumer and, and, and get that consumer groundswell that will take the Park Day product to their office managers, to their offices, and, and to be able to share it with their teams. And so we've spent the last six months or so doing user interviews with both individuals and workplace leaders. And what we've realized is with this hybrid environment, whether it be a co-working space or being at home a few days per week, we need to meet our consumers where they are. And so we've built the features into our mobile app that we're actually releasing in April here in New York that's going to allow individuals to get onto the app in order for themselves. And so whether you're at a co-working space or at the gym that you go to the same time every day, you can get onto the Park Day mobile app. Whether your company sponsors it or not, you can order those meals, feel the benefits of the productivity, and begin to build that eater profile and, and only see the meals that match exactly what you want to eat. We've got some exciting partnerships coming up as well with both restaurants and some of our sustainability partners like Bowery Farms and Small Hold Mushrooms and some of these really cool um, food technologies that are coming to the forefront and, and that we're hoping to bring in a contract food service as they become more popular and, and more accessible. Awesome. Sounds like there's some great things coming. We're excited about it. We've also got some big announcements about what we've been doing with Innovate Map um, over the last few months and, and, and some of this awesome UX UI design that's been happening. I didn't tell them to say that. I'll just, <laughs> <laughs> I just want everybody to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much, Mel, for being on the show. This has been great. It's been a ton of fun, Megan. As always, uh, great chatting with you. And thanks to the entire Innovate Map team, the Better Product team. Um, excited about where we'll see people apps go and and the next guest that you're going to bring on love listening to the podcast so thanks for having us on thanks for joining us and if you haven't yet be sure to join the better product community we've got all sorts of content and resources for you and if you want more audio don't forget the business of product is our latest show to join the better product network and you can find that and more at betterproduct.community